What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Kishir Podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and of course, popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to the best, most educational show on YouTube, where we talk about topics that are a little more off the beaten path, because if you want to dis- discuss things that everybody else is discussing, well, that's boring. I discuss things that are a little more off the beaten path and a little more... No- in line with things I think most people are feeling and thinking about, that it's not just news. News can be done all the time. I want to do something a little more interesting instead. And my friends, I have an interesting topic for you that really goes back, for me, quite a long way. I don't know if it's something you've experienced or not. I, I'm pretty reasonably certain you have, as after all most people have at some point in their life, whether it was a long period of time, a short period of time, My friends, most people have experienced depression. And I'm going to make a statement that a lot of people are are out the gate going to reject. I'm fully aware of that. But I'm going to bring up a lot of evidence, both anecdotal, rational, and empirical. And we're going to really discuss this today. Because I'm going to assert right here on this show that I believe that depression is not real. Now, I know, everybody's immediately going to freak out and say, how dare you say that? Well, I need to preface this. I was in a mental mental institution while I was in the military for 28 days. Okay? So, I am no stranger to mental health mental health treatment. I'm no stranger to any of it. In fact, I know more about it than most, pe- most people because I've experienced it. I'm not a doctor, obviously. If I did, I'd have a plaque somewhere on the wall behind me, which I don't have. But here's... I don't need a doctorate degree to understand reality. Because if I had a degree in anything, which I'm working on getting, actually, but if I had a degree in anything right now, it would be a degree in reality. And understanding how life works, especially for my age... My friends, depression is not real, but you're going to be shocked to find out what is. And before I give you the answer, I want you to know that if I want your voice to be heard, whether you agree with me, don't agree with me, whether you want to encourage, just try to discourage me, be my guest, more, a lot of people have tried, but I want you to let your voice be heard. I believe in free speech. So you can leave your comment onto the video you're probably watching on YouTube or on Rumble, or if you listen to the audio podcast like thousands of people have, you're more than welcome to go to my Twitter page, at Sheepkitsheard, same name as the channel. You can head over there, follow me, I tweet out questions. I'm going to start working on doing that more. I am still getting used to expressing all my ideas out loud. I used to just put them in my writings. But now I need to use my voice a little bit more and talk about it. Because, look, I understand a lot of people are more consumers than they are producers. Most people, they like to listen to people who think like them or are willing to say things that most people, they don't talk about it. They don't say it. You look at the news, you look at most shows, you look at really everywhere you can possibly find. And it's all sugar-coated. It's all flamboyant it it seems so synthetic and fake my friends i'm not fake none of this is an act anybody who knows me in real life knows this is how i talk all the time and that's why quite frankly 
I don't have a mountain of friends. I have a few very close friends that I value very much. I don't trust people who have a ton of different friends all over the place all the time because they're usually a, a chameleon. But let's get back to the subject at hand because I want to share something with y'all. Last time I shared it, I tried to share something. I think my audio cut out, so I'm going to make sure this works properly this time. All right, we should be good. Let me flip the screen for y'all. Here it is. We're going to talk about this is now this is for those of you who are not looking at the screen this is according to the National Library of Medicine National Institute of Health we're going to talk about Freud's idea of aggression turned inwards now I have found this to be true in my own life I'm going to preface that right away when I was in a mental institution for 28 days being given meds being given therapy around the clock on suicide watch I learned a lot about myself, the industry. My friends, I don't I didn't just read this in a book. I experienced this for almost an entire month straight. For four weeks straight, I learned I this was my bread and butter, my oxygen was reading and trying to make sense of the feelings in my in my own soul that I had never given the time of day because I thought they were nothing more than a hindrance to my life let me tell you something you're going to reject this you're going to reject it because you don't want it to be true now I'm not blaming anybody for their own feelings but you need to take responsibility because if you don't you will never feel better never you cannot blame someone else for your own feelings. You can't do it because you will hate yourself even more than you do already. And trust me, I know a thing or two about self-loathing. I do it all the time. Even now. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to read this. Freud's theory of depression as aggression directed inwards. This is back in 1930. He says, while considered by many to be a basic tenet of psychoanalytic theory they say it lacks strong empirical validation in other words they haven't hired enough quacks and people to really look at it because people don't want it to be true because then they won't be able to sell you medication oh i'm sorry did i say that i i didn't i didn't mean that yes i did the absence of such validation is due in part to the psychoanalytic tradition of assessing individuals based on a model that emphasizes individual differences and patient-specific treatment approaches. In other words, they don't conduct wide studies because every case is different. Well, that's true to an extent. But there's always a common denominator. Always. I, don't, I, I do not care what anybody says. That's just reality for you. It says, however, Freud's theory of depression... I, no, I know I skipped a little bit. However, Freud's theory of depression, as well as many other important psychoanalytic contributors to psychology, run the risk of being overlooked or disregarded if long, if sorry, if large-scale investigations that can be generalized to many individuals are not conducted. You see, they're not doing a lot of the studies. That see, Freud, people consider Freud to be quack science. I don't. You know why? Because this was back before a lot of the government funding that is now present in every avenue of education. 
and research. My friends, there was a time in America, if you can believe it, when there, the government didn't fund everything, pretty much. And with, with the um, companies funding the other half, when free research was actually being conducted, nuts. That's why people have discredited Freud, because a lot of the things he says are very politically incorrect, for one. And number two, they don't teach you to take drugs, which is what fuels one of the biggest industries in the entire world, which is big pharma, big pharmacy, big pharmaceuticals. Uh, they get into behavioral genetics, which is another whole interesting pattern, by the way. It says, behavior genetics, we'll go on a little sidetrack. You'll have to indulge me, it's my show. Behavior genetics is the study of the pattern of genetics and the environment influence on a phenotype or an observable behavior or trait. So we're not going to, here's, I'll read, this is the last part I'll read for this. Phenotypes, which is what he said is observable behaviors or traits, result from a sum of genetic and environmental influences. In the study that they're talking about, the focus is on an internal directed aggression and depressive symptoms. And so they get into twin studies. Okay, I'm not going to bore you. This is probably going to go over a lot of people's heads. But this is the kind of stuff I tend to read before I just shoot my mouth off, by the way. I'm not just another talking head. If you that's what you think, you don't know who you're listening to. Here, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Here's something that's a little more understandable. Freud, depression, and internal directed aggression. Freud began his well-known exploration of depression and its link to aggression and mourning and uh what is that how, how do we pronounce this melancholia i'm sorry i can't pronounce everything i'm human like everybody else but he started this back in 1917 he conceptualized that in response to the experience of a loss the individual internalizes the law the lost object as a way of holding on to it in other words when they're losing something, you when you lose when you're losing something, you grab onto it even more firm so you don't let it go. The outcome of maintaining the loss is twofold. Here's number one. He said it helps to ease the grieving and and it provides an alternative target for hostility towards the lost object. Does anybody understand that? I do. So, like he said, he conceptualized that an experience to in response to experiencing a loss, in other words, you lost something, whether it's you lost your dignity, you lost a family member, you lost something of value to you. He says the individual, which in this case would be you, internalizes the lost object, or you could substitute object for person, place, thing, any noun that you want. He says the individual internalizes the lost object as a way of holding on to it. Now, what does that mean? It means that you you take it almost like a brand on your soul. It's like a you know, anybody out there have a passport. It's like putting a stamp on your soul because so that even when that thing is gone, as in it's out of your field of vision, or maybe even out of your memory, it's still there under the surface and you don't even realize it. So let me put this into perspective for y'all, okay? Let's say that something happened to you and you experienced a loss, whether it's you lost a part of yourself, you lost something, 
that was of value to you. It could be even you lost your innocence, you lost you lost your vision of reality. Look, I'm not speaking for Freud. I'm not speaking for anybody. I'm I'm processing this how I whenever I read these types of studies. This is how I see it. You feel free to disagree. Feel free to disagree with me if you want. That's what the show is for. It's to bring forward ideas and for you to come to your own conclusion. You don't have to agree with me. In my own life, I see this as an experience. So when I experience a loss, which is I lost parts of myself, when people lose parts of themselves, they don't want, your brain doesn't actually want, you You can't afford to lose these things, so you grab onto it even more. Could be you lost a friend, and you took that so difficult. Could be the and when you lose something to ease the grieving process, you create a alternative target for the hostility towards losing the thing that you love, that you lost, and you turn it on yourself. That's what he's talking about. You ever noticed that when something goes wrong, you lose something, you get sad? The first thing you tend to do is think about what you could have done differently, what you could have done you ever notice that? Am I alone? That is what he's talking about. You blame yourself first for something you could have done differently. He says, continuing with the article, he says, several years later in civilization and its dis discontents, Freud, 1930 again, he expanded on these views in the context of family and society. According to Freud, as a result of an internal set of standards, and values by which one judges himself or herself, aka if you've ever heard of a talk about the superego, that's what this is. Individuals may unconsciously inhibit their hostility or aggression to avoid the negative consequences of expressing it externally. Thus, they provide their place in the family or in a larger scale known as society. Anybody understand that? I could go down a list of this and I'm I'll, I can summarize it if you want me to because I know this is probably gonna go over a lot of people's heads not because you're stupid but because you're just not used to you're used to listening to TikTok and very mediocre people with very mediocre intellects discuss discuss and you're also not used to reading literature like this you're not used to reading literature that's based in research most people aren't, by the way, unless you're in a medical field Most people, or in academia. You're not used to reading English like this. You're used to reading Jenny has two mommies and clickbait stuff on the internet. That's what you're used to reading. And I understand everybody does that. In other words, the super ego, in other words, when you, you, have, an you have an internal set of standards or a code of conduct by which you judge yourself, right? Everybody has that, correct? He says, also, what he's saying is individuals may unconsciously inhibit or restrict their own hostility and aggression towards negative circumstances when, they, when they're going externally. Thus, they preserve their place in society or in their family by not, whenever they feel angry or they feel like they're, standards have been violated they don't just lash out at people because if you do that 
you're going to lose your place in, uh, in society. And as a social creature, you're going to not want to do that. That's what he's saying. So then you direct it towards yourself. You internalize it instead of expressing it. He says this process results in internalized hostility that predisposes a person to depressive symptoms. In other words, and because you are not expressing yourself, that energy that you that your body wants to direct outwards gets turned inwards. The energy doesn't just disappear. Whenever you're angry and you're like, oh, I want to lash out. Oh, I really want to get mad. I'm, I want to tell this person off. And you don't do it. That energy doesn't just go away. It becomes a part of you and you take it on. Because energy is neither created nor destroyed, my friends. Freud proposed that the link between depression and internally directed aggression is medicated by the superego and is due in part both to one's expectation of aggression, which as he says is derived from the unique perceptions of one's parents, and to one's own innate levels of aggression. Now, I okay, look, I get it. Most people are not going to understand what I'm saying, not because you're stupid or because you're just not used to reading this. Much less hearing me read it. But here's the thing. He is saying, basically, that because we are social creatures, we naturally have a desire to maintain our place in society itself. And so because of that, we don't want to risk our place in society or in our family or anywhere else. So instead of expressing our discontent, instead of expressing our distaste with what's happening around us, we internalize it and put it back on ourselves and in doing that we hurt ourselves we turn this aggression inwards towards ourselves and that is what creates depression is a self and often unaware self-loathing now look my friends i gotta tell you something i believe this to be very true because when I was, well, look, I can only talk about me. If I, if I could talk about you, I would, but I'd probably, but either A, I don't know you, or B, you haven't told me. So I can't use you as an example. But I can use me. My friends, when I was in men mental institution for 28 days, I saw what depression did to people. I saw what it did to me. And I saw how people had to cope with it. And I noticed the more people opened up about their pain and they shared it with the group, they shared it with the nurses, they shared it with the um, psychiatrists, the therapists, they felt better. It was almost like a weight had been lifted off of their shoulders. They were getting out all that aggression that had been turned inwards for so long and they were finally sharing it it was only when i started to actually stop internalizing everything and i started to express myself whether it be through writing talking even discussing it with myself for god's sakes was better than just pretending it didn't exist meanwhile it was affecting every single avenue of my life
It made me lose interest in the things that I once loved. It made me not want to associate with other people because I didn't want to burden them with my problems. Sound familiar? Sound familiar to anybody out there? It made me constantly tired. It made me unable to continue with my everyday life. It made my everyday life seem like the most difficult and momentous task ever. Every day felt like a week. Now, I'm not saying this to bring you down. I'm saying this to know that if you feel depressed, you're not alone. I'm not saying that the feeling of sadness is a myth. It most certainly is not. But this whole idea of depression, as if it's something that is inflicted upon you by an outside force, is wrong. It's not real. It is you doing it to yourself, and that's not bad. In fact, that's liberating. Because once you realize that, once you realize that it is you who has control over how you feel, you can set yourself free. That's right. You can set yourself free by accepting responsibility for how you got where you are, and then you will be free. And then you will be able to take back control of your life because it was in your hands all along, you just didn't see it. You didn't see it. It's that simple. My friends, if you need to seek mental health treatment, do it. If you need to seek professional help, go and do that. Just know, no amount of therapy, no amount of medication, no amount of anything can fill the void that only you can fill, that only you are able to fix. It cannot solve problems for you. It might be able to take the edge off, but only you can end your own suffering. And I do not mean by taking your life in your hands. That is the never, I repeat, never the answer. What you need to do is this. You need to accept responsibility. Because once you do that, you regain control that you've relinquished. And then you will feel powerful again. You will feel in control again. And you will not feel powerless in your own life any longer. Because that is what is slowly getting you to where you are. It's that feeling right there. Powerlessness. You are never powerless in your own life. Never. Because you can always control how you feel. You can't always control what happens to you. But you control how you respond to your circumstances. My friends, I want to know what you think. If you want to share your story, you're more than welcome to do that. Because it will help give you this peaceful feeling. Once you share, you put it out there externally. Because you can't take it inward anymore. Can't do it. Don't do it. Please, I beg you, don't do it. Do not keep punishing yourself. Free yourself. The chains of depression you have put on yourself. Do not let it do not let yourself keep you in there anymore. Free yourself today, right now. If you need to go in the comments section or you want to go on my Twitter page at Sheep Get Sheared and you want to share it with me in the DMs, 
I will respond. I'll go back and forth with you. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. But if you want to talk with me, I'm here for it. I will do the best I can. Because everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to talk to somebody. Whether you talk to yourself, or you talk to someone you love, or you talk to a random stranger, it doesn't matter. Take responsibility for yourself, and you will set yourself free. My friends, that's the... That's what I really want. That's why I wanted to do this show today. Because no one told me this. I had to figure it out myself. You can do it. Because if I can do it, you could most certainly do it. Anyways, my friends, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. I'm out of here. Peace.